Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Hello and welcome to episode 40 on the Empowered Hormone podcast. I'm so excited to be introducing a couple of solo episodes that I'm going to do with these guys that are going to be a lot of fun because we're going to jump into some topics that are super close to my heart. So I'm also really excited to announce that on October the 11th, you can join me for my five days, five ways to overcome sugar cravings challenge. So it's going to be super fun. You're going to learn how to overcome sugar cravings, gain more energy, and finally, and yes, finally get off that caffeine roller coaster which we all know is linked to our sugar addictions. So as you know, less sugar means less cravings and for some of you, possibly even some sneaky weight loss. It's going to be fun, challenging, and I know that on the other side of these five days, you'll get to experience what so many of my past clients already have. So more energy, less brain fog, no more digestive pain and weight loss as well. The results I found have been incredible because they finally understood why they were having sugar cravings and addressed the root cause of those cravings rather than just reaching for another quick fix to get them through the day. So in these five days together, we're going to cover sugar-free snacking, why I never skip snacks, the power of protein, my addiction to carbs, controlling the caffeine crash, and one epic last day on root causes to your cravings. So you won't want to miss a second. Make sure you reserve 60 minutes each day just so that you can join the live call um, or watch the replay if you prefer, create the daily recipe, read the handouts and make sure that you invite your girlfriend, your sister, your mother, your work wife, whoever, because it's the perfect challenge to do together. So jump to the link in my show notes or the link in my bio on Instagram or on my website and make sure you sign up ASAP as a challenge starts October the 11th. So to kick off getting your head around quitting sugar, and today we're going to cover all the ins and outs of sugar. So sugar 101, essentially, what is it? Uh, Do we need to have it? What types should we have? When is it too much? How is it impacting my microbiome? So let's start at the beginning. What is the go with sugar and how much sugar can I eat? So we know that sugar is broken down into, you know, a few different categories. We know that not all sugar is equal. Okay, so it comes in many forms, but not all are problematic. So for starters, if we're referring to table sugar, which we also know as sucrose, that's when your cane, your cane sugar is being refined. You've got that, that sucrose left over. So Sucrose has a high GI or glycemic index, meaning that when we consume it, our blood sugar levels rise and then drop really quickly, which requires our pancreas to release insulin rapidly in order to regulate our blood sugar levels. So 
If we consume a lot of this and you're seeing that constant rise of your blood sugar, you're thinking, okay, well, you're going to open yourself up to a multitude of chronic health conditions. So you're thinking obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, possibly even cancer. So we also see in Australia and worldwide such a rising uh, problem with obesity and overweight and sugar addictions that when we're considering the sugar in our diet it might be a good idea to start to limit some of these sucrose type sugars other forms of sugar that a lot of processed foods contain is called fructose now fructose yes lots of you think of it as the one that's found in your fruit and it can be but it also can be added to a lot of your, you know, using air quotes, but you can't see it, your healthy foods like your muesli bars, your granolas. But the problem with fructose is that it can only be metabolized by our liver, which can place that additional strain and burden, which, you know, when you're thinking about all the other things your liver's doing with your hormones, with those toxins from those gut bugs, with environmental triggers, with the chemicals, it's already under a lot of pressure. Now, what about our gut health? So does eating these, you know, sucrose and fructose, which impact our blood sugar, um, can they, and our liver, can they impact our gut health as well? So what we're starting to learn is that excessive amounts of sugar usually displace nutritious foods. So where you would say maybe eat, um, let's say a handful of nuts, which has, you know, a bit of fat, a bit of fiber, um, some nutrients and minerals in it. Instead, you're eating a handful of lollies where you're not getting the same nutrient density out of it. So there is that aspect. Some may be eating it on top of a healthy diet. So you're not actually hungry. You just feel like snacking or you have that craving late at night and you're snacking on the sugar. So when it comes to that, then we go, okay, one, we don't get this satiety index because there's no fiber and fat in it typically, then we can just continue eating it. But what I really love to focus on with people is the fact that these high amounts of refined sugar can starve the beneficial beneficial sorry microbes in your gut and can lead to that overgrowth of your yeast such as your candida so when you're thinking about how your body contains you know two to three kilos of microbes it's easy to see why we need to always consider the effects that our diets have on this ecosystem because your body's working to protect you in so many ways. And if you're just feeding it a lot of, even if it's a lot of bananas and mangoes and those fruits, which we love and are good in moderation, but if you have this candida or this yeast overgrowth or what we call bad bacteria overgrowths, then your body is feeding off all those simple sugars and it's, you know, causing them to flourish in your gut which is something that we really don't want to see happening the other side of things is that we can get this addiction to sugar so our sugar industries often use this uh, bliss point they call it to increase sales so as people consume more sugar they become more addicted and the bliss point increases making people desire more sugar it's actually quite similar to um, some of your additives in foods as well like we think of like high fructose corn syrup which is a nasty sugar that's come from uh, corn starch 
and we see people get quite addicted to it and like I said if that bliss point increases and you don't taste that sweetness as soon then you're going to eat more of it whereas if you speak to someone who hasn't eaten sugar for quite a long time or say myself who only eats it in very small amounts on special occasions you actually notice how sweet fruit is. So if I have an apple or a banana, I'm actually like, oh wow, that's <laughs> that's quite sweet. I don't, I couldn't eat a lot of it because my my bliss point or my satiety is going, hey, actually, that's enough. The other side of sugar and the reason it can get addictive is because it does um, activate dopamine. So. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter that helps us feel emotions such as bliss and pleasure. So dopamine is released when people take, you know, your illicit drugs like your cocaine. And there's a link between sugar and addiction. So when we say see something that looks really delicious, like for me, you know, let's just say it's dark chocolate, but you know, let's just say it's this piece of delicious cake that someone's made and you know it's gonna taste amazing, our dopamine will be activated. So we anticipate that feeling of pleasure. So obviously we, we seek out that pleasure, we go, oh that cake's gonna taste delicious, I feel good, I eat it, yay, dopamine's released. But then if you have a bit of a crash or that blood sugar drops, you're going to seek out that dopamine again. So we're wired to seek out dopamine. It's, you know, it's, it's in our nature and it's so similar to, you know, that rush after, you know, exercise or things that make you feel good. You want to chase that feeling. You want to chase that sensation and sugar is a really quick fix to that. So let's jump into where sugar is found. So sugar is found in, you know, a range of different products in our shop. So some things that aren't actually sweet per se, and I'll talk you through this, do often contain sugar or actually you don't even realize how much sugar they contain, which is when it's really, really cheeky. So Different sugar has a whole range of different names. It's kind of like if you're looking for gluten in something, it's not always just gluten listed. It might be wheat, it might be barley, it might be, you know, um, rye, it might be something else. It doesn't specifically always say gluten, and sugar is the same. You're looking for things such as those sugar syrups like dextrose, maltose, glucose, sucrose, any of those oses, O-S-E, your fruit juice concentrates which are really high in sugar, your corn syrup, your malt sugar, your invert sugar, like there's all these different names for it. So look really closely. So number one, look at the ingredient list and see where it is in order of the ingredients. So your first ingredients are always in the highest density. So let's say you're looking at bread, for example, the first ingredient might be flour and then it might be water and then it might be yeast and then it might be salt and then it might be sugar, all right? Because it's got a very small amount of sugar in it. Whereas if you look at Nutella, for example, it'll be like palm oil, milk, solids, sugar. Like it's it's like number three because Nutella is about 50 or 60% sugar, okay? So you can start to compare the nutrition label with the ingredient list and get an idea of how much sugar is actually in it. Now, where things get tricky 
is that stuff that you didn't realize has sugar in it, like your barbecue sauce, your mueslis, your granola, your curry powders, your curry pastes, um, your seasonings. There's lots of like Moroccan seasons and things where they add sugar to them, okay? Because again, you taste it, it's delicious, you want more of it, why would you stop, all right? So that's how that sort of whole sensation rolls. Now, some people then go, okay, well, should I be using artificial sweeteners? Is that a better option? Now, this is a really tricky one because sometimes these artificial sweeteners are often hundreds of times sweeter than cane sugar and, again, can alter that bliss point and increasing that addictions to sweet foods that are actually nutritionally poor. So they don't have the sugar in it, but they can be linked to, like I said, that sweetness, but also they can alter your gut microbiota. And that's a massive thing for me. And that's something I really, really want to address in this five day sugar challenge together going, hey, firstly, Where's the sugar hiding? Let's let's pull it apart and make sure it's not in your diet. Secondly, what things are altering your blood sugar and are leading you to those crashes? Let's also combat that. Thirdly, let's add in that nutritional density. And fourthly, let's look at that gut microbiota and go, okay, how can we support this in the best way possible to stop leading to gut dysbiosis and these, you know, Metabolic abnormalities, aka diabetes, blood sugar, PCOS is a classic one where we see those blood sugar crashes. Uh, I was talking to a client the other day and she spoke about when, and I can totally relate because this was me a couple of years ago, when she gets hungry, she gets hungry real fast. It's not like, oh, I'm kind of hungry, but you know, I have a bit of water, I put it off, I do a few things and then I'll eat. It's like, I'm kind of hungry. Now I'm really hungry. Give me food right now or everyone is going to die. Okay. I am hangry. So there, there is no, there is no scale. There is no, I could leave it and come back to it. There's just like, I'm hungry. And if I'm not, then I'm angry and I'm shaky and I feel frustrated and I can't concentrate, da, 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 da. So that's a real blood sugar imbalance. So we really, really want to address that. Um, but back to those artificial sweeteners, they can be linked to, and there is research that is linking to your Alzheimer's, your Parkinson's, um, types of cancer, multiple sclerosis. So all things that are really, you know, not ideal at all. So If we want to think about, okay, well, what about alternatives then, Sheridan? You're saying no sucrose, no fructose, no artificial sweeteners. What can I have besides just eating veggies all day? And even then, do they have sugar in them? Should I not be eating them? Okay, let's strip it back. How do we use natural sweeteners? So becoming aware of this is really, really important. That's what I'm going to address in our five-day challenge. How do we become aware of it? Where do we include it? And how much of it are we including? So fruit and nature's lollies, all right? So they provide us with sweetness. They provide us with fiber. They provide us with nutrients that our body needs. And they also ensure that good glycemic response. So remember what I talked about, blood sugar at the start, a nice consistent response, which keeps us fuller for longer. So Let's use fruit. Let's use natural occurring sweeteners like a little bit of stevia is fine. Um, Although I don't love the aftertaste of stevia or monk fruit, but in some things it it is okay and people don't mind it. 
Dates are a good alternative in small amounts, okay? So monitor your sugar intake over a day. So when you're looking at the nutrition label of something and you go, okay, I can see there's sugar in it, but how much is actually in it? Look at the per 100 grams and look under carbohydrates and then look under sugars. So say it's quite high and let's say it's 40 grams per 100 grams, that means it's 40% sugar, okay? Then you can look at the serve next to it and go, okay, for a serving size of, let's say, Nutella, which is, you know, about 10 or 20 grams, let's go, okay, well, it's, you know, 4 grams of sugar or 10 grams of sugar or whatever it is. Then you can pull that back again and go, okay, every four to five grams is a teaspoon. So if it's 10 grams of sugar, I'm thinking that's two teaspoons of sugar I'm having on my toast every morning. Now your daily recommendation is around six to seven teaspoons a day. I wouldn't want to be going much more than that of added sugars, okay? So if you're already having two there and then you have one in your cup of tea in the morning, one in your coffee, um, you snack on a few lollies after lunch and then you have something at night, you're stacking up 10 teaspoons of sugar pretty quickly. The average is actually like 30 grams a day, which is, is quite a bit. So let's let's step back again so we're firstly going okay there's there's quite a bit of sugar and stuff let's look for low sugar um, low sugar ingredients or low sugar nutritional panels anything five grams per hundred grams is is low 10 grams is kind of mid-range 20 grams plus i'm going that's quite a bit of sugar in there look at the nutritional label and go okay how, what kind of sugar is it and how much of this product do I need? So if it's honey, well, of course it's going to be high in sugar, but I'm only using a teaspoon on my porridge. So that's, that's fine. Okay. I'm having it with something else that's regulating that blood sugar response. Same with, you know, your raw honey, your pure maple syrup, even a little bit of coconut nectar are fine in small amounts. All right. So Switch to these whole foods that actually when you're getting the sugar, you're getting some vitamins and some minerals with it as well, rather than just getting, let's say, um, you know, like pure high fructose corn syrup. There's nothing else in it. It's just playing, you know, it's just giving you that sweetness. Whereas you think of fruit or I love frozen grapes. They're really sweet and delicious. Um, frozen berries, fresh berries, um, your, any of your other fruits that are quite sweet, you're getting fiber with them as well. And then if you're using honey or maple syrup, at least you're getting some of those vitamins and minerals. And again, just watch your serving sizes and your amounts. So just some things to really look out for a monitor. Soft drinks are a big one. Uh, so looking for, you know, try and use soda water or soda stream and add some fresh blueberries or raspberries or lemon or lime to it to give it a bit of flavor. You've got to think about your juices as well. So fruit juices, especially lots of them also then have added sugar as well. But you watch your fruit juices, uh, try and opt for maybe a veggie juice over a fruit juice or even more ideally make a smoothie out of it because it's got all that fiber in it. If you're looking for lower sugar cakes, homemade cakes are always going to be the best because you can A, moderate what kind of sugar goes into it, B, how much um, and C, you know, you can 
you know all the other ingredients with it. So you know if it's got a heap of white flour in it, that's also going to spike your blood sugar. Or you know whether it's made with a blend of nuts and seeds and things, which is going to actually provide you with a bit more fat and a bit more satiety. In your coffee and tea, try have them without adding sugar. If you need to use a little bit of raw honey or stevia, that's okay. But again, avoid those artificial sweeteners because they are going to alter your microbiome. And then when it comes to chocolates or cookies, like I said, homemade things are the best. Dark chocolate's really good because it's lower in sugar. I love lint dark chocolate. I have it every night. It's delicious. Uh, But you can make your own dark chocolate as well. And we will address and make in the five-day challenge a lot of these recipes together. Then lastly, just check like your condiments, like your marinade, your tomato sauce, your curry powders, your canned fruit and veggies, uh, your dressings, your salad dressings, your muesli bars, your granolas, all everything. Check the nutrition label and check the sugar amount because if you're trying to reduce the sugar in your diet and you're being really conscious in some areas, chances are it's going to kick up in other areas like you might actually be eating a lot more than you realize because all of a sudden you go shivers it's in my cooking it's in everywhere else so I don't always recommend going cold turkey as such Uh, you can try but you might have a really strong withdrawal symptoms because if you've been craving this sugar if your microbiomes you know being like you can't eat like eat more sugar give it to me give it to me you've been craving all this sugar and you're feeding these parasites and these yeasts and stuff then when you suddenly cut all that off that's a big shock to your system so Start slowly, pick out all, you know, those ones that you can go without, say, you know, in your curry powder, in your granola, in your muesli. You can make healthier swaps and swap those breakfasts around for ones that don't contain sugar. And then start to make sugar-free snacks like bliss balls made with a bit of stevia or just a little bit of honey and a lot of protein and nuts and seeds or slices. Uh, Aim for fat. So I love the I Quit Sugar books by Sarah Wilson. They're phenomenal. The recipes are excellent. Um, It's a really great starting point. Like I said, my challenge starts on October the 11th. So you can jump in with that and We will do a call every day and then I'll give you a few recipes and really easy ones as well. So you can just go to the grocery shops and buy a couple things from there, which are going to be awesome sugar-free snacks. So if you feel like cooking, you can cook. If you don't want to, you don't have to. So that might be a good way to progress into it. And then you can see how you feel. And if you want to keep some of those small amounts in your can, or you can then go cold turkey for a couple weeks, totally reset your taste buds. Then have an apple or a pear and see how you feel. And you'll be like, oh, Sheridan, this is super sweet. Uh, And it'll be interesting to monitor your bowel movements because so many women I talk to notice that bloating around excess sugar because usually you eat too much and it's got other additives in it. So it's not a forever situation. It's just a reset to help your taste buds and bring that bliss point back down. Okay. So that's my one-on-one on sugar. Um, If you want to join my challenge, please head to the link in my bio on Instagram. That's Sheridan underscore 
Functional Nutrition is my Instagram or send me a DM there. Otherwise, my website, you'll be able to join that way. Or if you're on my podcast page on my website, the link in the bio will be sitting there. On Spotify, it sits there as well. But on Apple, I don't think it sits there. So you might just need to do a quick Sheridan Decker Google and you will be able to find it. Uh, that's all from me. So please leave me a review on today's podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share this one with your friends. Okay. Make sure they listen. It's only 20 minutes. Tell them to listen. Then all jump on board. Join me. The challenge is free. And I really hope to see you there and kick some sugar out of our life. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking.